Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, November 16th, 2023. There's something going on, folks. Um, but first, let me, let me tell you and remind you, there is no vid chat for the rest of this month. Our next vid chat will be on Friday, December 8th. Uh, and then, of course, the last one of the year will be on the following Friday, December 13th. Then I'm going to take off uh, for the holidays. Me and Daniel always take off during the holidays. Anyway, there is something going on in the world's bond markets. And I have to, I have to be very honest. When I decided to talk about this story... I was debating between this story and a couple of others in my email inbox, but I kept coming back to this one because there's something in the story that just is not sitting well. It's not making much sense to me. So here we go. I'm, I'm going to talk about two articles, but the first article is kind of really context for the second article. The first article is from Zero Hedge, and the second is about the recent hack of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, which is the central story that we're going to be preoccupied with today. But the first story is kind of context for it. And the story is titled, Cyber Catastrophe Bonds Gain Traction Among Investors as Hack Attacks Soar. Now listen to this. Quote, Beasley PLC, a leading European and U.S. specialist insurer, issued the market's first cyber catastrophe bonds earlier this year. The insurer is now considering issuing a new cyber catastrophe bond valued at $100 million, as reported by Artemis, a research firm focused on insurance-linked securities. Similarly, Axis Capital is readying a $75 million cyber catastrophe bond, according to a document obtained by Bloomberg. Catastrophe bonds transfer difficult to insure risks for major corporations to capital market investors for high yield returns that have traditionally focused on natural disasters like hurricanes and floods. However, the soaring risks associated with cyber attacks have made cyber catastrophe bonds increasingly popular this year. Now, I'm skipping a, several paragraphs here. Beasley's global head of cyber risks, Paul Bantic, said cyber losses for corporations mean, quote, traditional reinsurance, you can't get there, unquote. He said the new cyber catastrophe bonds will allow companies to fill the reinsurance gap. Just last week, DP World PLC was hit with a cyber attack across Australia, leading to 30,000 shipping containers piling up at ports. And multiple casinos on the Vegas Strip were hit with a cyber incident early this fall. Now, folks, if they can do that to corporations, they can do it to countries. 
and cyber attacks can therefore target sovereign securities. All right, this is what the real concern that I have is because once you start issuing catastrophe bonds against sovereign securities, that means that the bond market is at risk. Interest goes up, and as interest goes up, it could cause a cascading effect throughout the world economy. So in other words, this move to digitalization, what we're being told in these catastrophe bonds is that the digital world, as Catherine Fitz has been saying for years and years, is not secure. Still want to trust that central bank digital currency? Well, no one's going to give you or me a catastrophe bond. That's the key. So I want to turn to this story about the cyber attack on China's industrial and commercial bank because there is a question in this article that is hovering over the article but that is never asked directly. So you know me, I'm going to crawl way to the end of the twig of speculation, take a nosedive off of it, and I'm going to go ahead and ask the question. But first I want to read a few paragraphs from this story. It's not a very long story, but I think it's a crucially important story. Listen very carefully. The title of this article, and again, I'll link all of this for you. The title of this article is Cyber Attack Hits China's Largest Bank Disrupting U.S. Treasury Trades. Here we go. The Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, China's largest bank, faced a significant cyber attack that disrupted the trading of U.S. Treasuries within its U.S. Financial Services Division. So in other words, folks, a cyber attack went directly toward the trading of U.S. sovereign securities in its biggest uh, holder of those securities, China, at China's biggest bank handling those securities. Follow me? Continuing. The Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, a leading global lender by assets, confirmed on Thursday that its financial services arm, ICBC Financial Services, fell victim to a ransomware attack, resulting in disruptions to certain systems. The state-owned bank responded swiftly by isolating affected systems to contain the incident. Ransomware, a prevalent form of cyber attack, involves hackers taking control of systems or information and demanding a ransom for their release. While the ICBC did not disclose the perpetrator, security experts identified the hacking group Lockbit as the likely source of the attack. The ICBC assured that it initiated a thorough investigation and is actively working with law enforcement to address the situation. Law enforcement here, folks, I think should be translated Chinese counterintelligence and possibly Chinese intelligence. The bank, emphasizing the independence of its U.S. financial services arm, 
stated that the email and business systems were unaffected in its China operations and other affiliated institutions. Now listen to this one very carefully. In spite of the Inter Industrial and Commercial Bank of China's claims of successfully clearing U.S. Treasury trades executed on Wednesday and other trades on Thursday, that would be November 8th and 9th, just last week, various news outlets reported disruptions to U.S. Treasury trades. Now I'm skipping all the way to the end of this article. While the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China is actively managing the aftermath of the attack, the cybersecurity community faces the ongoing challenge of identifying and countering evolving cyber threats from groups like Lockbit. Last month, the U.S. has led 40 countries in an alliance against paying ransomware following reports that it was pressuring the countries paying ransom earlier this October. This alliance comes after the U.S. has stated that the number of ransomware cyber attacks has increased worldwide, with the U.S. facing around 46% of the attacks. Cyber attack hits China's largest bank disrupting U.S. Treasury trades was originally created and published by Verdict, a global data-owned brand. So there you have all the information about the article. Now, my question here is, who really did this and why? Are we looking at a legitimate, independent cyber hacking group like Lockbit, or to turn the clock back a few years, Anonymous, or are we looking at a cutout, a, a front for a group of people that are non-state actors on the world stage that are doing these things? Or are we looking indeed at a disguised state actor? Because I'm quite frankly, folks, not satisfied that this is coming at the time precisely when U.S. Treasuries themselves are now under attack. Uh, recently, we had Moody's uh, downgrade the rating of the U.S. government from stable to negative. Now, they're not as yet downgrading U.S. sovereign securities, but they have hinted that that might be in the cards as well if this cartoon of an administration continues to mess things up like it is. So the question is, who, who would the possible state actors be? Well, it, it boggles the mind to think that the United States would attack the sale of its own sovereign securities when that would tank a market that it vitally needs to sustain its own empire. So I think we can safely rule out the USA. Uh, the other two big players that have a cyber attack capability on this scale would seem to be Russia and China. I have a great deal of difficulty imagining that China, which usually precedes any, any overt action of this nature with a statement or announcement that they intend to do such and such. So I don't think you can look to China as attacking its own sales. Um, 
the same thing with Russia. This, these attacks would really, in a certain sense, backfire against them and against their own economies. India, no. Iran, maybe. But again, that sort of action by Iran, if ever discovered by Chinese intelligence, would redound negatively to the government of Iran. So I, I have to, at, at initial glance at this story, rule out state actors. It's very difficult to conceive of any state executing an attack on the sale of American sovereign securities in China, on China's largest bank, that has anything really to gain from such an action. The non-state actors are left, and again, I think it's, I, I just get the feeling that coming in the, in the timing window of the downgrading of, of Moody's rating of the government, of, of Joe Biden, that it has to be some major player on the world stage. Is this the action of international criminal cartels? I don't know. But it's a very interesting thing that we have this attack also occurring at, at the same time that people are now trying to sell insurance catastrophe cyber attack bonds and to transfer the risk to the capital markets and say, sell such bonds and that this attack occurs. Folks, again, I think there may be something to my wild hypothesis that maybe they're developing these cyber attack bonds as a possible way to drive interest rates so far up and therefore crack economies. But that, again, implies an actor on the stage that would transcend the motivations and agendas of hacking groups like Lockbit and anonymous. So there's something, folks, there's something going on in this story that doesn't meet the eye, that's not being stated. There's a question that's not being asked, and that question is highlighted by considering the possibilities of state actors or fronts for groups that are non-state actors trying to drive a certain agenda. This is a story I think we have to watch very, very carefully because the way it's going to develop is not going to be by any direct confirmation of that wild and crazy thesis that I just laid out there. It's going to come in dribs and drabs and in difficult-to-connect dots without understanding that, that that hypothesis is out there as a possible way of connecting dots. So that's my high-octane speculation of the day, and yes, it's, it's really wild, and it's really out there. But uh, this, this story just kind of grabbed me, and I thought, no, there's something wrong here. Anyway, that'll do it for today's News and Views from the Nefarium. Be good, everybody. Stay safe, and I'll see you on the flip side. God bless.